This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome on into a very exciting edition of the MLB Pipeline podcast. Yes, the one where Mookie Betts has finally been traded. I am your host, Jordan Schusterman, joined as always by Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Uh, and Jonathan, uh, let's begin by by pulling the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I sent an email yesterday uh, when we were planning this podcast. We were going to talk about Mookie in some regards, but we the, the Red Sox and, and Dodgers seem to have cooperated, and the Twins got to give them some credit. We we got the trade in time for this podcast. Are you excited to talk about it? It makes me wonder if uh, if we've been hacked, and the organization saw the email and said, "You know what? Let's just get this thing done, so we don't have to guess." Who's in the yes. trade? At least that part of it, and uh, and uh, you know, and, and then actually talk in more concrete terms. So yes, I, I'm excited to to break this all down. Yeah, Jim. I mean, we, we can uh, avoid the speculation. It seems like we have some pretty concrete reports uh, about how this this deal is structured, and we're going to get into it. Uh, so so Jim, let's 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 start with you here um, before we we dive into all the names involved. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll lay it out for for the people living under several. Uh, boulders that did not see the news. <laughs> um, uh, Mookie Betts has reportedly been traded alongside. What? Oh, see, I'm breaking the news to Jim. Okay, Jim, we're going to get Jim's live reaction here. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, alongside David Price, we're not even going to touch the David Price angle of this, um, has been uh, traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, from the Boston Red Sox, the team that just won the World Series. Uh, like not that long ago, uh, in exchange uh, for Alex Verdugo, a young outfielder, and the, the Twins wiggled their way into this deal, uh, sending uh, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, Bruce Dargratterall, to the Red Sox, and uh, Dodgers sending Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers to the Twins. Um, so obviously we're going to focus heavily on the, the prospect side of things here. We're going to talk a lot of Bruce Dar, um, but Jim, let's start with just a, an initial reaction. To- um, well, lots of initial reactions. One, uh, I think this just reinforces how much the owners have just crushed the union in the last couple CBAs. That that was that was really my first thought. That you have you know one of the three or four wealthiest teams in baseball can't decide you know they can't afford the luxury tax ramifications and they've got to trade the second best player in baseball and they can't even wait till July to see if a better t- deal might materialize or lo and behold that they're closer to the 2018 Red Sox and the 2019 Red Sox um, you know and, and have a chance to win no we've got to get rid of him right now so th- that, that was my first reaction is that the, the, this the CBA has become so one-sided where we essentially do have a, a salary cap that teams impose on themselves and and we may be doing a podcast who knows talking about you know maybe not now maybe later this season or or, or next offseason how the cubs are, are trading chris bryant which will be a very similar situation although chris bryant isn't as good as mookie betts because very few players are um I, you know I, we were talking right before we came on the air you know the, the, the padres rumors that were going strong about a week ago did they make sense to either of you guys? Because I, I never understood why, if you're going to trade Mookie Betts to get under the, the – I'm going to call it the salary cap. I'm not going to call it the luxury tax. To get under the salary cap, you're going to take Will Myers' contract back. You're going to get like a, a – 
uh, you know, former top 100 prospect, not established big league outfielder, like, you know, you know, like Manny Margot or Josh Naylor, you're going to get, you know, I like Joey Lucchese for what he is, but he's not a frontline starter or Cal Quantrill. Who's another top 100 guy who hasn't established himself in the big leagues and a prospect or two, but none of the Padres elite prospects. I, I thought that offer was garbage. That, that, that sounded to me and, and credit to the Padres that the Red Sox had to trade Mookie bets. Nobody was making them a serious offer. So we'll just lowball them and, and, and see if they take it. And it sounds like that was getting some traction. And, and, and I don't know this for a fact, but from afar, it seemed like to me, the Dodgers said, wait a minute, that's all it's going to take to get Mookie bets. We can do better than that. And, and the amazing thing for the Dodgers is by making – you know, trading Maeda to the to the Twins in this deal, and then you know making the, the separate Jock Peterson trade after taking on Mookie Betts is twenty seven million, and and I guess what we think is half of David Price's thirty one million, they're going to be under the luxury under the salary cap anyway. Um, so, th- so that was my take is that the Padres were about to to make a trade that nobody's fantasy league would have allowed for Mookie Betts, and the Dodgers decided, well, if that's all it's going to take, we might as well get involved. And they pulled it off. You don't want to give the Dodgers more credit for just, you know, wanting a really awesome player in Mookie Betts. I mean, I, I <laughs> well, well, they did. I mean, it sounded like they wanted Lindor, right, you know, right, they right. weren't going to give up Lux and they weren't going to give up Dustin May. Sure. But if you seriously, if you think, and again, I mean, not that everything gets reported, but, you know, seven to 10 days ago, all we heard was Padres, Padres, Padres. And I remember every time I would look at an update on, you know, from one of the San Diego media or, or national guys or on ML trade rumors, I was just like, wait a minute. This, I like Luis Camposano, who is rumored to be in that deal. But Luis Camposano is the best prospect they're getting. And it's going to be, you know, they have to take on, we get saddled with Will Myers. And then they get a couple of guys who haven't established themselves as big leaguers. Right. Like th- th- that trade made zero sense to yeah, well- me. But you were hearing the Dodgers really until, like, it seemed like, oh, Padres and Red Sox came very close. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, now the Dodgers are involved. Yeah, and and Jonathan, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you here because I, I I agree with most of what Jim's saying. I mean, I, I did I, that was mostly what was what was uh, what was reported. But but the thing that Jonathan were talking uh, about, uh, Jonathan and I were talking about right before we hopped on was I think what I was surprised about this deal was that they didn't just get more uh, quantity in general. And I would think that sure we saw that those were the the names bandied about in a potential Padres deal, but the Padres would be a good candidate to just like send like six prospects, even if it did include Will Myers. Uh, so, so Jonathan, do you, do you agree? You were, you're just surprised it was, they really only ended up with, with two players as far as we can uh, tell. Yeah. And, and listen, and, and, and I like Bruce Dargrader all a lot, although, you know, he might be a reliever when all is said and done. Um, but I love the arm. Uh, and, you know, now that he's not going to be with the Twins who plan to use him in the bullpen, you know, the Red Sox can can let him start. And, you know, as we hinted at before we started, they almost have to let him start. And, you know, so hopefully he has more value. But I, I think, you know, the the thing that's surprising, uh, you know, putting the, the financial part aside is that, you know, the the best argument to be made and it and it and it's true in addition to trying to sort of soften the blow from a from a public outrage standpoint is that the Red Sox farm system is seriously thinned out. Um, uh, you know, not, not a big surprise, you know, that's pretty much, you look at Dave Dombrowski's history as a, as a general manager and it's kind of, kind of what happens it, but you know, they want as a result, you know, so you can't really, you can't fault it, but there's not much there. So if, if I were going to try to make an argument for something that was needed, I, I'd almost, rather make a trade that brought in several players even if none of them were top 100 guys 
although you would think he'd be able to do a little bit of both for a player, Mookie Betts, even just for one year. But um, but to, to bring in a bunch of guys, so then you could say, well, listen, you know, it, it's an unfortunate reality, uh, you know, that we felt that we had to make this trade for, you know, financial reasons. Maybe they don't admit to the financial reasons part, but we really needed to address the fact that our farm system was was barren you know it's really really thin so we needed to make a trade to bring in uh, as many players as possible to foster more competition you know create more big leaguers you know all those sorts of things um you know so i am a little surprised that there isn't more uh in terms of the numbers of players coming back for sure I'll argue with you for a second, Jonathan. I, I think you win with stars. And, and again, I mean, this wasn't a talent trade because obviously you win with guys like Mookie Betts. I'd much rather have two higher ceiling guys than six, you know, medium ceiling guys and hope you get lucky and hit the lottery on a couple of them. So I, I mean, and, and it just goes to show again, when you come out and say publicly, when your owner says publicly, Hey, we've got to trade. We got to get under the the the, sal- the salary cap, which he did. And there's, you know, they have all these guys making twenty seven or thirty one million dollars. You aren't going to get good offers. But I- I'd much rather have the equivalent of two dollar bills than eight quarters, um, because I think you win with stars. So, but but it, you just weren't going to make a good trade anyway. But I, you know, I, and I do both organizations. But if I were, I, I'd rather have a Verdugo who was a, you know, ranked in the upper third of the top 100 before he graduated this year, and Gratterall, then take, you know, Jacob Amaya and DJ Peters and Gerardo Creo and, you know, three more guys like that. I'd rather have – I'd rather have the two best guys I could get rather than, say, six. I, I mean, your point about the, the, the Red Sox system notwithstanding, I, I just think you win with stars. So no, I, I don't disagree with that. I think the problem is that, you know I, – I mean, I've always thought Verdugo can hit, um, but, you know, he, he's coming off an injury and, and Gratterall is, you know, was slated to be a relief pitcher in 2020. Oh yeah, I know, and that's the downside. I mean, that's like that's the scary part is those are the two best guys you get, and and there's still questions. But I I still go back. I was just gonna say, if you're gonna go for the stars, you know, have a little more certainty that that's what they're gonna be. Yeah, I, I just and I still look at this. I'm not saying it's a good trade by any means from a talent standpoint. I'd rather have that than Manny Margot and Cal Quantrill. And Luis yes. Camposano, but I never even understood with those Padres offers if they were taking on part of Will Myers' contract coming back, and they weren't giving up David Price. I, I don't even know how the Red Sox would have been under the cap necessarily to begin with with those deals. But yeah, it's just I, I mean, I, like I said, my my biggest takeaway is that the owners have been crushing the union on these CBAs, and two, I don't know why owners won't learn. Don't come out and tell people you have to trade good players. Because then you're not going to get full value for him. Can we? Uh, I, I do want to stick on on Verdugo here for a second because like he was not a prospect that long ago, and he's always been a guy who I've seen near the top of prospect rankings. And I I, I get it; he's always been you know young for the level and hitting really well. Um, what what is I again agree with all, all the points made, but now the Red Sox have Alex Verdugo and, and Bruce Arrieta. Like they, they, it sucks. It's going to take a while to get over not having Mookie, but, but what is best case scenario uh, for Verdugo here at this point? Cause he's been, he's been solid. He's been good. I, I can't even tell if he's been 
really up to what we expected based on his time as a prospect. Uh, Jim, how do you how do you feel about Verdugo's uh, projection? Completely acknowledging that he has ridiculously impossible shooting. Well, last year, I mean, as a rookie, had he not gotten hurt, he was on pace for like a five war season as a rookie. So I mean, he he's a good player. I think there's all star upside there. I, I don't think there's MVP Mookie Betts upside there. Um, I do think. If he's healthy, and what's interesting is we had a story on our website a month ago from Ken Gurnick where, where uh, Verdugo, who missed the last couple months and the playoffs with a – it was variously reported, I think, an oblique or a back injury, which, which are obviously not the same thing, um, or maybe it cascaded. But um, he was saying he was hoping to resume – he had not resumed baseball activities yet, and he was hoping to get ready for opening day. Um or hope to be ready for opening day, which I thought was kind of, I mean, obviously he's under going to go a physical and we'll see if he passes it. But I mean, this is a guy who hits for average. He puts the bat on the ball and barrels it, you know, very, very well. You know, he, he cuts into his walk totals some, I mean, you know, there's, there's power. I don't think it's big power. I think you're looking at a guy who could hit, you know, especially in Fenway park, maybe hit 300 with close to 20 home runs. If he, if he's healthy and when he's at his peak and he, he's a good defender, who you know plays above his probably average speed with very good instincts. I think you'd rather have him on a corner than in center, but I do think with his his instincts and his very strong arm, he's a very again, he's not gonna be you know, Mookie Betts was kind of the, the best right fielder in baseball. But like I think Verdugo's a good fit for, for Boston's right field. I think he's a good fit for the Red Sox. And I think he's somewhat similar to um to Andrew Benintendi, they 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 are they are somewhat similar players. Yeah, and and Jonathan, uh, any anything to add on Verdugo? If not, I I'm curious where uh, Gratterall is gonna is gonna fit into the the Red Sox system because on on the top 100 we have him, uh, I think just a few spots behind Tristan Cassis. So I assume he'll he'll slot in right there. But uh, any other thoughts on on? Yeah, uh, no, nothing much more to add to Verdugo. I think uh, I think Jim Jim nailed it. Uh, you know, I think that and he is. I think he will play well in that stadium. I mean, other than whatever expectations are now on his shoulders, because he's got to step into Mookie Betts' shoes, you know, unfairly. Um, in terms of Gratterall, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think we're still sort of talking about that. Yes, you're right. Based on where we have things right now, um, he would slot in behind Tristan Cassis. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because Gratterall was a guy who we kind of were fiddling with until the, you know, the last possible minute and we had him up higher. And then we, uh, you know, then I found out that the twins were planning to have him be a reliever only, uh, you know, the role he filled when he got called up to the big leagues late last year. And so we moved him down some. Uh, so we'll have to figure out where he goes and that will be Jim, you know, uh, you know, Jim does the, the Red Sox list, but we'll have a, a sort of a larger internal discussion as to whether or not we want to bump Gratterall back up now that he, he's going to be back in the sort of starting pitching uh, universe as opposed to a reliever only universe. Um, so we'll sort of see where he ends up, but he and Cassis regardless will sort of be, in the same neck of the woods, top 100 wise. So I think it'll really be kind of a one and one a kind of deal wherever it shakes out once we decide. And that's well said. I mean, my gut, you know, I've gone back and forth thinking on this. If I had to make a pick like right now, based on what I think and everything we know about the guys to this point, I think I would probably take Cassis over Gr- Gratterall. I mean, I'd have him close, but you know, the, the thing 
well, I think Gratterall definitely, you know, has the ability to, or the potential to start. I don't think it's a lock. He's pitched 102 innings once in his life. Um, you know, he only pitched 71 innings last year. So, like, they're going to have to limit how many. It's not like you can just ramp him up to 150 this year necessarily. So, I, I do think there is enough. You know, it's easy on most starting pitching prospects, even the best, to say, oh, there, there's some reliever risk. I do think, you know, even if we're looking at, at Bruce Dar as a starter, there's probably as much reliever risk with him as, as, as probably anybody on the top 100. And I do think that, that Casas, you know, he was in low A last year, you know, so in the Sally League's not the greatest place to hit. So I think, his, you know, his year kind of flew in the rear a little bit. But he was a 19-year-old who finished – third in the league in homers and second extra base hits. I, you know, I think this guy's going to be one of the, the premier power hitting prospects in baseball year from now. So my gut would tell me that I would probably, if we were just doing this from scratch today, I'd probably go cast this one Gratterall too. Well, there you go. And uh, obviously a uh, few more weeks and we'll, we'll get those top thirties. Uh, Jonathan, any, any final thoughts on, on that or, or on this Mookie trade before? No, no, I, I think we've, we've, we've covered it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got Jimmy. No, not too angry. Not too angry. <laughs> not this, too angry. Is, this isn't, uh, this isn't uh, uh, Jay Groom getting suspended by the New Jersey <laughs> High School Federation because he returned to his house. And, and that's, that's, that's deemed like, like a, an untoward transfer. I love, how Jim, I love how Jim can just call up to memory the things that get him the most enraged. <laughs> I think that was the most enraged I've ever been on the podcast. You know, it just you know made what? no sense. Like it wasn't like he moved, so he, could, he he returned home to his old school. And no, 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 he can't be eligible. Stay hot, New Jersey High School Federation. Jim, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that the only re- did you call that from memory? Or did you call that up because you were looking at Jay Groom's name on the Red Sox? No, no, I re- I just remember I remember having that podcast with Tim McMaster and, and Jonathan, <laughs> and it just. Being really, really, I, I think that I, I don't know what my number two biggest outrage would be. That's fine. Well, that you should think about that. Out as my you should think about that, and, and we can we can call that up on the next pod. Uh, but let's move on to another a more minor trade. Now we don't have all the details of this, but there is an interesting prospect involved. Uh, reports were were coming out a little after the Mookie trade was kind of actually really in the middle of the Mookie trade, uh, which really made some for for some confusion on Twitter.com. Uh, it sounds like the 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 Angels. We'll be getting Jock Peterson from those Dodgers. Of course, Jock probably just lost his job to Mookie, so it makes sense that he's on the move. Um, but the the names reported so far, uh, Luis Renjifo, uh, perhaps going back to the Dodgers in this trade, perhaps another pitcher involved. Um, we don't have the final names on this. Maybe they will by the time this posts, but uh, there is one name that, that, that we, we feel pretty good about being involved, and that is Andy Pajes, Pajes, it looks like Pages, but uh, this is a, a young outfielder from the Dominican Republic. And uh, guys, this is this is an interesting an interesting uh, prospect here. And and Jim, we'll, let's try to avoid speculating on what the the entirety of this deal is because it, there's just no point doing that. We'll have that soon. But but what do we know about Mister Andy? You know, Pajes was a guy who uh, you know signed you know Cuban defector you know signed uh, in, in October 2017. And we, as you alluded to, we don't have our our top thirty list done yet, but we're busy working on them. And I can tell you that Pajes was going to rank, you know, somewhere in the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen range on the on the Dodgers list, which is one of the very best lists. Um, and, and Jonathan can address where he might fit on the Angels list, but you know, he's he's tooled up. I mean, there have been some Yasiel Puig um, uh, comparisons. It's uh, big raw power. 
Um, there is some swing and miss, but he also has some feel for hitting and and understanding of his swing. So I, I think he can get to a lot of that power. He, he's a plus runner now who might slow down because he's going to be pretty big. So maybe he moves from center to right, but he's got a cannon arm. Uh, he's young. You know, I mean, again, he's only played in, in, in rookie ball. But he, you know, if you if you're just interested in, in young guys with, with 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 a lot of tools and a lot of potential, you know, Pahes really fits that bill. I, I I'll be honest, I was kind of surprised, and we don't know the details of this trade yet. But if if, if it's Jock, you know, Peterson who the Dodgers trade, the Dodgers amazingly are going to be under the the salary cap after making this deal. But they're trading supposedly Jock Peterson, Pahes, and a big league starting pitcher to to get Renifo and a prospect. I was surprised that the prospect the Dodgers were giving up was as good as Pahez. Yeah, well, I also want to make a note. Uh, I, I said the Dominican Republic. There's, there's baseball reference has lied to me. I did not realize he was a Cuban signee, so thank you for correcting me on that. Um, he very hard to find information. He doesn't have a list his birthday, his his birthplace on on MI, on his MILB page. Um, but I guess I, I need to to notice. Uh, but Jonathan, I know you you do the Angels list, right? Uh, and uh, where where I was we... just gonna say, Jordan, it's December eight two thousand, so you have a lot of time to get him a card. You have about ten months. <laughs> there you go. Well, I just I don't have his birth. His birthplace is not listed uh, correctly or anywhere on MILB.com. so that's that's rare. But He's but John, where can we uh, where can we expect? Uh, assuming Pahez is headed uh, uh, down down, what is that? The I I five, I believe that is, is the highway. Uh, what is, uh, what's, wh- where, where could he, he sh- slot in on the angel? Well, I will admit I am, uh, I am not up to speed on the California highway system. I'm going to check that. Cause that'd be embarrassing if I got that wrong, but, but, uh, he's going to be pretty high. You know, the, the, the top part of the angels list, both last year and the, and the new one that, um, you know, it was just about locking into place for, for 2020 when this, when this, uh, news came across it's a lot of sort of high upside guys who are, you know, far away after, after Adele and Marsh, um, who are the two guys on the top 100 now. Um, you know, I think he's going to go, I mean, he's definitely going to be top 10 and I think he could go as high as four or five. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson uh, is a middle infielder by the angels who was also in the pioneer league last year. And they had kind of similar years. Uh, Jackson, slightly better, like very slightly better um, power numbers, but the strikeout rate was higher. Uh, they both played up the middle for right now. Uh, you know, as as Jim pointed out, uh, Hayes probably moves over to a corner, while Jackson is probably a middle infielder long term. Maybe that gives him the edge. So it's somewhere in that neck of the woods. Um, is where he'll probably land. Uh, but in that, in that top five or six is my guess. Yeah. The angels, uh, they, uh, I feel like them and the Marlins, it's just a ton of like super duper boomer bust, uh, type prospects. Um, and I think Pahaze will probably slot right in there. Cause yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen, and I was, I tweeted about this last night, but, uh, there, there've been some crazy pioneer league seasons, but, but Pahaze is right up there. And especially as an 18 year old, you cannot, uh, discount that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the rest of that deal is. J- Jim, going to stop you from speculating any further. Um, but th- that is our, our trade talk for this podcast. Maybe we will have more trades to discuss in the coming weeks. Uh, but until then, we wanted to, to get to one more thing uh, on this week's episode, uh, which is a little bit more top 100 chat, uh, or I guess I should say 
close to the top 100 chat as uh, we have a, a fun, fun piece on Pipeline right now, which is each team's uh, best non-top 100 prospects. So the guys from each org that were closest to the top 100 discussion. Uh, and I think I, I just want us to all pick uh, pick one here uh, that we want to want to fight for. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take. I'm just going to take a look here. I'm going to pick one now uh, to get your 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 uh, your thoughts on, and then you two can each pick one. Uh, I am going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with Jonathan Stever. Because he was in Miami at the rookie program, and we have a, an additional uh, story on him uh, today on on Pipeline. So, uh, do either of you have the White Sox system, or did I just? Pick I, do have, I do have the White Sox. I do have the White Sox. All right. So, uh, so Jim, tell me about uh, Jonathan Stever, because this is not a guy I had ever heard of. Uh, a, a- well, the shame on you, because he was part <laughs> of our draft coverage um, in two thousand eighteen, and you should have uh, you should have been aware of him. So, I, I, I blame you. Um, we, we tried to bring him to your attention. You just didn't take advantage of the information. Focus. Look, look, I'm focused on a D, D3, day three. Day, day one and two, you know, those are whatever. But uh, Yeah, he, we, we had him ranked 88th on the top top 200 in 2018. And he had a bad outing in the regional where he got knocked around. I think he kind of wore down a little bit at the end of the season. And it, and it hurt his draft stock a little bit. But he was the, the best, pro, best pitching prospect Indiana had since Eric Arnett – there's a name from the past. It was a first rounder in 2009, um, and the, because he, he he slid a little bit uh, because of that performance, uh, the White Sox got him in the fifth round. When he, when he, I thought he should have been a third round pick. He's, he's not a big guy, um, so maybe there's a little concern about size and a starter. But I mean, this guy was an all state. Wisconsin wide receiver and defensive back. He's very competitive. A lot of strikes um, after the. After the White Sox signed him, um, he, he's picked up velocity. Now he's a, he's a, you know very consistent, 92, 96 miles an hour, 298. And and the thing that that, that also stands about him is he throws a spike curveball, which is a pitch that has you know a lot of sharp downward break. But most people who throw the, the spike curveball have really trouble throwing it for strikes and commanding it. And if you're a hitter and you can recognize it, you can just lay off of it. But he actually controls his very well, and he can even turn it into to more of a hard slider when he wants. So he, he's got feel for pitching. He's got stuff. Um, uh, you know, my line uh, has been he was the White Sox best healthy pitching prospect last year because both Kopech and, and Dunning were coming back for Tommy John surgery, and uh, you know their, their list is going to look a lot different after this year when when Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal and, and Michael Kopech graduate, um, and Jonathan Stever might you know rank, you know if Andrew Vaughn graduates, it's not out of the question that Jonathan Stever could be their number one prospect a year from now. Yeah, and Vaughn Vaughn graduating would. Maybe a little aggressive, but 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 point well taken. And yes, that is true. He's healthy, which is uh, uh, certainly uh, appreciated by White Sox fans. Um, so yeah, I like I like Jonathan Stever there. He doesn't he doesn't get get a lot of love. Now I learned about him. Oh, and then one other note. Uh, hopefully, he does better than Eric Arnett, who was the guy drafted one pick after Mike Trout in two thousand nine uh, and has not pitched in pro ball since two thousand thirteen. Uh, all right, Jonathan, do you have a a guy uh, on this on this piece that you you're especially uh, I feel like I should pull like I should pull a callus and insist on picking two. Um, <laughs> you could, I'm sure. Well, no, I don't want to pick multiple guys. I'm just trying to decide. Like, do I want to suck up to the host and go with the Mariners guy? No, no, no more Noel V. We've done enough. We've done enough of Mariners. I, 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 Julio Kalnick. Do that. I was joking. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 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 Twins entry and uh, and Joan Duran. 
Um, also, Ooh, I like that now one. with uh, Gratterall gone, he becomes their second best pitching prospect behind Jordan Belazovic. And uh, and it sort of popped into my mind when when Jim was talking about Stever because he he also has a like a, a slightly unusual secondary offering where it's this splitter sinker sinker hybrid pitch, um, which uh, as far as I know, um, no no one no one throws. Um, and it's just a, it is a nasty, nasty pitch. He also um, touches triple digits. Now, the one question is, you know, what is he going to be? Uh, it's a little bit of a weird profile for a starter, but he's durable. Um, he throws enough strikes. I think it's going to be a question of whether or not he, he, the command comes and if he has a third pitch. But he misses a ton of bats, and he gets a lot of ground ball outs, uh, a lot because of that hybrid um, pitch, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it. But um, it, uh, it it's kind of, I think, that combination of those two things makes it interesting. Like, if they wanted to, um, and I could see a situation that if they're competitive, they'll do with him like they did with Gratterall, which is like, I, I definitely have him start this year, but there's a need late in the year. And you can have that guy come in throwing, you know, a hundred plus with that nasty, nasty splitter thinker thing out of the bullpen. That could be really, really effective. Yeah, a couple, couple quick things on Duran. First of all, I, I, I love this pick, and I think that uh, if you ask, maybe the Twins, right? Like they, they might. I know Gratterall is the one on the top hundreds now, but it is not that dissimilar of a profile, except Duran has thrown a hundred innings uh, uh, each of the last two seasons. Uh, which is good to see, and uh, but he also throws uh, high in, in, in the upper 90s, touching 100. Um, and I will say that uh, an, an unnamed uh, person I know who is in the Twins organization told me that that he thinks that Duran is better than Gratterall already. So, um, so I, I think that 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 is a great pick, and that's the guy they they already got in the trade uh, from Arizona, which is which trade was that? How, how did they get him? Uh, you know what? I will tell you momentarily because I was just working on the Twins uh, new stuff, so I have that information. The Eduardo Escobar trade. There you go. Okay, well that makes that makes more sense because I remember I was like, oh, when they got it, I was like, that's it. Like Eduardo Escobar is really good, and he has been really good for Arizona. But Duran is is no joke. So uh, that is a great pick. Uh, all right, Jim, um, I'm going to limit you to one one guy here. You can, I'm. I, if you want to name, listen. If you, you gave him one already, so that's you know, true. That's true. If, well, I, I, I gave him Stever, that's true, but, but that was my pick. I, 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 felt, I felt personally connected here. So if you want to name your, the two people you're thinking of, because I'm sure you're thinking of two, you can, but I, I, go give me one. Well, no, yeah, I will give you one, and, it, and it, it's, it's easy because in last week's MLB Pipeline Inbox, somebody asked me who would be the next few prospects I would add I to the this. list, yeah. and, I, and I listed my next 10 okay. guys. Um, although it's interesting, I'm looking, the number two and three guys on my list were not the next non-top 100 guy in the story anyway. So, um, But no, I, I'll just go with the guy at the top of my list, which was Ooh, Ryan okay, Rollison nice. of the Rockies. Um, you know, polished college lefty. I think he bounced off the list a little bit because, you know, he didn't have a pretty ERA at Lancaster, but it's Lancaster, and he actually had over a strikeout per inning. Um, he kept his ERA under five. And I know it feels like I'm damning him with faint praise, but, I mean, Lancaster, uh, you know, the, the wind blows out at about, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour 
every game. It is, it is it, absurd. It's it like, is an absurd place. I mean, it might be the toughest place to pitch in the minors. And on the road in the Cal League, he had a three ERA and almost a six to one strikeout to walk ratio. So I, I feel like Lancaster kind of masked how good he really is. He was dominant in three starts in low class A at the beginning of the year. I think this is a guy who's going to move really quick. He, he's got a very good curveball, very good feel for it. He can he can change the shape and the and the velocity on it, kind of at will. You know, solid fastball that he commands extremely well. You know, has some has some feel for a changeup. I, I think this is going to be a guy who's going to move through the Rocky system very quickly. And I think he'll be in their rotation at worst by mid-2021. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was earlier than that. Uh, I think that is a great pick. I am um, a little bit worried about, you know, Rocky's pitcher is always scary. They've had some very talented college arms, you know, make it all the way up. And then it's just kind of a mess. The John Grays, the Kyle Freelands have gone backwards, Jeff Hoffman. But but I like this pick. I hope that Ryan Rollison can break through and finally be a good Rockies pitcher. All right, gentlemen, this has been a wonderful podcast. I look forward to to finding out the rest of this Angels Dodgers deal. Um, uh, thank you for enlightening me on on the the all this all this crazy Mookie madness uh, and and some uh, other fun prospects uh, as always. So uh, for for Jim Kaus and Jonathan Mayo, I'm your host Jordan Schusterman, and we will talk to you with the complete Angels Dodgers trade next week. Adios. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.